it's hard when everyone in your family constantly says he's the one that's going to make it. but something about my spirit i cannot give up i cannot quit there's a way for me people look at me and say oh you're a 31 year old chancellor I'm, wow that's amazing but you don't know what i've been through and how much i had to pick myself up off the mat it's okay to, to fail but what's important is you keep going pick yourself up off the mat and let's move forward Woo! Rise and ride, everybody. You're listening to episode number seven of the Zay's Wave podcast, the podcast where we help you to be the best you that you can be. I'm your host, Zay, and today we have an esteemed guest on the podcast, Chancellor of the Greenville ISD Early College High School, DeAndre Carter. If you're the type of person that finds it hard to keep going, even when things in life don't quite go the way that you would hope, then trust me, this episode is for you. This episode is packed full of information from someone who literally created success from failure. You know what? Let me start spoiling. But hey, do me a quick favor and make sure you click the links in the description of this episode to follow and like any and all social medias listed. Alright, let's dive into it. I'm DeAndre Carter. I'm the chancellor for the Greenville Early College High School. Chancellor is just a fancy word for principal. Um, so pretty much I run the early college program here in Greenville ISD. Um, the youngest of three boys on my dad's side and I'm my mother's only child. Went to Texas A&M University College Station and I'm a product of Dallas ISD. I went to Skyline High School in Dallas ISD. Tell us a little bit about ECHS for the viewers that don't know. Yeah, so ECHS Ah, excuse me, ECHS <laughs> is a um, great program. It's a program where our high school students can get an associate's degree as well as a high school diploma during their four years of high school. Our associate's degree is one of the first in the state of Texas to offer the engineering pathway. And so our students will graduate with the associates of engineering as well as their high school diploma and a solid work certification as well to go straight to the workforce if they choose to. Wow, wow. So you were the chancellor of this program. That's correct. Yes, which sir. Which is basically another way of saying the principal. Principal. Okay. Yeah. Okay. How long have you been in the educational field? Oh, great question. So let's see. This is my this be my eighth year in the education field. Um, before I was in education, I did eighteen months in retail. <laughs> when right. I graduated, absolutely hated it, yep. uh, and then switched my career path very quickly uh, to education, and I've loved it ever since. So. In my opinion, it was God telling me that this isn't for you because when I say I hated it, it was brutal for me. So uh, I didn't like it at all. So happy to be in education. So what was your least favorite thing about retail? Uh, You know, the least favorite thing was holiday season. Um, I have Mm -hmm. a daughter um, who was not uh, who I had in college. So she's not a part of me and my wife's uh, two babies. So I had a daughter in college and I only get her on during holidays. Right. And so, um, uh, I remember her telling me, you know, daddy, you going to work again? And mm-hmm. I was just like, and it broke my heart, man. So, um, I, I said I had to do something different right. and actually, um, girlfriend at the time, now wife said, you know, you were going to have an education major or you were going to be a teacher in college, but you know, things happen. Why don't you try back? And I was like, Oh, I don't know. And so I looked into it, um, and it made sense for me. Um, and so I, you know, went on getting my alternative certification program, got a job actually before I even finished the program, and it's been history ever since, man. Man. So would you say that your daughter was uh the wake up call? Oh, most definitely she definitely. was the wake up call. Um she allowed me to realize that, you know, if you can't spend time with your family, mm-hmm. then the money is there for nothing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was really big on trying to, 
advance as soon as I possibly can, make a lot of money and be able to provide for my daughter. But what I was missing was how important time was over what we're actually doing financially. So um, she was definitely one of my biggest wake up calls outside the fact that I literally hated going to work every day. And I struggled getting out the bed at times, man, going to work, especially during those holidays, working 12 to 18 hour days. Mm. So what kept you going? Um, really her and the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm a hard worker. I'm a grinder, right. um, raised by a single mother. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, my, my dad has two other, uh, older siblings, but I wasn't raised in a household with them. So I'm my mother's only child. So I was raised by a single mother. She always worked two jobs right. to make sure that I was able to get fed. Um, and so I just continually just to grind, uh, and that kept me going constantly, but that same grind and hard work and, uh, passion that I have. I bring that to the education field. Plus, I actually love what I do. Like, I love these kids with all my heart and soul. And so I'm able to pour into them. So I work probably harder now than I ever did in retail. But the work is not a stress on me, you know, because it's right. work that I'm passionate about. And I feel like it's very important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when did you first get the thought of wanting to work in education? Yeah. So i uh, kind of tell you a little bit about uh, my background. I actually was um an education major at Texas A&M. So right. at Texas A&M has a program called University Studies mm-hmm. and so it basically allows you to pick a concentration right. as well as two minors. So, and so my minors were business and mathematics and my concentration was education teaching. Mm-hmm. And so I was actually on a path to become an educator while in undergrad. Well, I told you I had a daughter um my uh, junior year there. And I ended up failing some classes. And essentially, long story short, I got kicked out the program um, at Texas University. And so when I did that, I was left kind of in the cold without a major. Mm -hmm. Um, I talked to uh, the leadership department and they said, well, we'll allow you to switch your leadership department. But if you fail a class, you're gone. And I promised them on the Holy Bible. I said, I promise you, if you give me a chance. I won't uh, fail you. And I end up in my last 60 hours having a 3.25 GPA. Um, so I was killing it those last 60 hours. Yes, and it's sir. funny how God works because here I am, the chancellor, which is essentially a leader of a program. Right. And I use those skills every day. I only taught three years, which is the minimum requirement to become a principal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, I got meeting to administration. So that's kind of where it all started. I've always had a passion, but... Once I got kicked out the major, I kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. I was a little salty, yeah, yeah, as they say. And so yeah. I was like, uh, you know, I'm not going to do something different. I'm going to go this path. But, mm-hmm. you know, God has a way of working things out. So I'm, right. I'm back where I'm supposed to be. Yes, sir. So in the moment of failure, do you remember how it felt as soon as you found out that you were kicked out of that program? Yeah, I felt like a complete failure. Uh, a lot of people in my family have tried college and none of them made it until I did. Yeah. And so it's it's hard when you're the one and everyone in your family constantly says he's the one that's going to make it. And then you get some news that goes against what everyone in your family and everyone had their hopes and dreams counted upon you. You were supposed to be the one to make it. So yeah. when I got that, it was like I already had – my family and the weight of the world on my shoulders. And it's like, I just crushed. Right. Um, and literally I got on my hands and knees and prayed to God. And I shared a lot of tears because I could not believe that I failed like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but something about my spirit 
and I know it. Com- I know exactly where it comes from. It comes from my mom and her hardworking spirit. I say I, right. I cannot give up. I cannot quit. There's a way for me, mm-hmm. and I literally call every, every department at Texas A&M until someone told me yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and literally, so the last call said, "Yeah, we will let you in." <laughs> Although your GPA is god awful and you've been, you've been kicked out of one program already, yeah. uh, we'll give you a shot, and that's all I needed was a chance. And um, right. I tell people that story just so they can understand that people look at me and say, "Oh, you're a 31 year old chancellor, and wow, that's amazing." But you don't know um, what I've been through and how much I had to pick myself up off the mat. Right. And so if I can do it and I make excuses, I don't expect for my students to do that either. Mm-hmm. Uh, pick yourself up off the mat and, and let's move forward. So would you say that moment in your life has impact on you being a chancellor? Oh, absolutely. Because the way I lead these kids is I'm 100% transparent. Mm-hmm. I'm honest with them. Um, and so when they are faced with situations of failure or heartbreak or disappointment, I share my exact stories. I share the fact that I disappointed my mom when I had to tell her that my college girlfriend was pregnant. I share the fact that, yeah, I got kicked out of Texas and University. Oh, Mr. Carter, but you're so proud of your university. Yeah, I'm proud of them. It wasn't their fault I got kicked out. It was mine. Right. And so right. I, I teach them ownership of your actions, right, ownership of your responsibility. They're just doing their job. Mm-hmm. I'm not mad at anybody for kicking me out of that program. Right. You know, it, they were doing their job. And so I'm able to share with my students uh, my story constantly, and it allows them to say, well, Mr. Carter could do it, and he's a resource to me and he's giving me all these other resources, then I can do it too, and I don't have excuses either. So that's how I lead, by sharing my story and just being 100% transparent with with kids. Mm-hmm. In education, there's too much cookie-cutting that's going on, right? Yeah. Um, it's a lot of, here's what the book says, do as I say do and not what I actually did, right? And I feel like educators, we need to express our failures, express our situations and express our experiences with our students so they understand that it's okay to make mistakes. Right. It's okay to, you know, to fail, but what's important that you keep going. Was education your original major? No, education wasn't my original major. I went to Texas A&M University, and I say this all the time because it's a joke, but I was going to put the frost on the frosted flakes. <laughs> so my goal, man, was actually to be a food processing engineer. I had to really? figure out what that was. Yeah, but I was going to be a food processing engineer and work for either Frito-Lay on their food processing machines. Right. And that's what I was going to do for the rest of my life. And then I got there and realized I was great in math, love math. That's uh-huh. actually what I taught. But... Right. I don't like science. My second yeah. favorite subject is history. Mm-hmm. Well, that really doesn't go when you're trying to be an engineer and yeah. you have all this physics and all that you got to deal with. So I ended up getting out of that major and going into general studies. Mm-hmm. And so when I went into general studies, I tried a few things. I tried accounting and didn't like that. I thought about business. Man, I ain't really like that either. And so I settled on teaching. And then I've already expressed, you know, my teaching story, how I went from teaching to leadership. So, right. um, but all that, I tried all those things within general studies. So I didn't, after I declared, undeclared engineering as my major, um, I went, my next official major after trying some things was the teaching, the education major. And then I got kicked out of that program and I ended up as a leadership major, which I absolutely love because I, I mean, my books are all right here in my office. I know it's a podcast, but yeah, <laughs> I've yeah. read all those books. And those are all like leadership books or education books that's that I've read. Books. Yeah, that's <laughs> a lot of books. 
So how many switches is that in total? So a total officially would be three switches total. Three switches. Okay. okay. Three switches in a five-year span. <laughs> Man. Oh, so a five-year span. Yeah, I was a fifth-year okay. senior when I graduated. Oh, okay. So when did you know that it was meant for you to be in this field? Did you have like a moment of truth or a sudden flip of the switch? What was it? Uh, when I arrived, uh, I taught at my, so I got my first job at my former middle school. Mm-hmm. So I was able to actually teach alongside teachers that taught me, um, which was an amazing experience. Um, and then one day, a group of, I had a, I had one particular class, my fourth period, 19 students, 15 of them were boys. Ooh. All uh, minorities, mostly African-American males. Mm-hmm. And a couple of them told me one day, they said, hey, Mr. Carter, we just want to let you know uh, we appreciate you because we see that you care about us and that you love us and that you work uh, hard to make sure that we're successful. And that's when I said, yep, I'm yep. in the right spot. Um, because to have that kind of – I had the same impact my coaches and my male teachers had on me because I was without my father mm-hmm. growing up in a single mother, uh, single family, single mother household. I had that same impact on those kids, and I knew that I was in the right position, um, and I was in the right spot. Uh, and then it kept happening to me over and over and over. And not only did I hear the stories, but I also had the results. And so, kids who had never passed the state exam were passing the state exam. Uh, kids that you know came to me with ankle monitors on by the time they left me had cleaned up their act and, and was doing well in school. Um, and so I was, that's those stories is how every time it's just more confirmation. Right. And then not only that, my personal career, I started having success. I started off as a seventh grade math teacher and then I got uh, like a slight promotion um, to teach the honors course as well. And then I was coaching as well. And I went from being a seventh grade coach to being a defensive coordinator for the eighth grade team, which is like one of the higher positions. Mm-hmm. And then after three years of teaching, I got my first administrative job at a charter school. And so I continue to have success and could have success uh, very quickly. And every time I had success or every time I heard the kid's story of success, I knew that that was confirmation that I'm doing the right thing. Right, right. Would you say that you getting kicked out of the program was the biggest obstacle you've had to overcome? By far. Um, In my opinion, that was one of my major obstacles, as well as having a daughter at age 20. Yeah. Uh, I don't recommend that for anybody (laughs) either. Um, That, um, yeah. So watch yourself. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that was a a huge obstacle as well. Um, And it's just being able to balance that out. I never want my father, you know, I, I mentioned that, you know, I'm the youngest of three on my dad's side. That's not really truly my true story. Right. Um, me and my dad are in a great place now, mm-hmm. but I didn't meet my brothers until I graduated college. Right. All right. So I come from a, uh, my, my childhood story is a little bit different. My father was not in my life, not very active. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I never want to do that for my daughter. And so I, I never want to do that to my daughter, shall I say. And so I always wanted to make sure that I was there for her which caused my grades to slip, and so which made it an obstacle. So, again, something that I take full responsibility for, that's on me. Right. Um, but, it, you know, the situation was where it does. But those two things, by far, <laughs> were my biggest obstacles, yeah. yes. So you had to make a decision to focus more on your daughter or your education. Do you feel like you made the right decision? 
Yeah, I think I, I made the right decision. My GPA did suffer. Mm-hmm. I ended up graduating Texas A&M with a two point two three. So you're talking about barely making it. You got to have a two point right. to graduate. Right, right. I had a two point two three. Um, but my daughter is in my life. Um, that's actually her in the picture at the bottom right here next okay. to that award. And I know we're on a podcast, but I'm just showing right, Zay right. where it's at. Yeah, for um, sure, for sure. And so, and she absolutely adores me, absolutely adore her. We have a great relationship, and it's worth not having a having a couple of few less A's and B's on my transcript to right. have that relationship. Right. So you don't regret Don't regret it at all. all. That's good. How far did you go educational-wise in terms of degrees? You know, you said you were in there five years, right? Correct. So, yeah, so my undergrad took five years. Uh, for those young people that sit the podcast, do not be surprised if you don't graduate college in four years. Nope. Uh, it does not happen often, <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> um, but it can happen. But it just don't. It's okay to have a fifth year. So my undergrad took five years, and I did my master's in two years. Mm-hmm. And also, my master's uh, was from Concordia University, Texas, which is down there in Austin. And I graduated with a four point um, from my master's degree, which is a master's in education. And then I have, of course, two certifications: a teacher certification to teach all subjects grades four through eight. And then I have a principal certification to be a principal. I have a principalship over all uh, elementary and secondary education. So EC, which is early childhood, all the way up to 12th grade. Right, right. So when we were first getting this interview set up, Mm -hmm. I kept referring to you as Dr. Carter. Yes. Right, right. And of course, you corrected me. You're like, I'm not a doctor. And, you know, of course, I do that to everybody Mm -hmm. out of respect, professors, whoever it may be. Do you think they'll ever change where you'll want to further your education, your own personal education? Absolutely. So my uh, ultimate goal is actually to be a superintendent. And, and my actual mm-hmm. goal that I've written down is to be the superintendent of Dallas ISD because that's where I graduated mm-hmm. from. So that is my ultimate goal. In order to do that, um, I don't need a doctorate, but I am planning on getting my doctorate. I'm actually planning on applying to schools this late fall mm-hmm. uh, to get started, uh, hopefully in August. Um, at a program to get my doctor's degree. And in that doctor degree, I also will get my superintendent's license. Um, and so I'll be able to be a superintendent and so I can continue to pursue, you know, my career. So you need a license to be a superintendent. Yeah, you got to take a test and pass right. it. Yeah, it's it's a beast test too. So right. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to that. <laughs> right, right. So those, so those three months probably of studying for that test and getting ready, it's essay basis, the whole nine. Oh, yeah, man. so it's, it's a rough one. <laughs> Definitely. Do you have any schools in mind that you want to apply to? Yeah, I have a couple of schools. Uh, Texas A&M Commerce, which actually my current job has a partnership with them. Yes, sir. Um, okay, you, yeah, want, you yeah. go to Commerce? Forever Align, yes, sir. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah Forever Align program, yeah. you're correct. And so and I, uh, me being over early college, I have a partnership with them, too. My kids automatically get accepted into the engineering field. Really? Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah. Um, if that's what they choose to do. Some of my kids don't choose to be engineers. By the time they graduate, they realize they want to do something different. But that's just an option. Right, right. Um, so Commerce. Um, University of North Texas, uh, University of Texas at Arlington, uh, Texas A&M University, which is my undergrad, where I got my undergrad degree from, and also Talton State uh, University are some of the uh, schools that I'm looking at. Nice, nice. So what's the number one thing that keeps you in this line of work right now? Oh, that's real easy, man. Real easy? Real easy. It's the kids. The kids. Not the students. The kids, the children, the babies. Yeah. Um. You know, it's funny. I, I have a parent meeting every year, and I start off by saying, I just want you to know that I love your child as if they're my own, mm-hmm. and I tell your child that I love them. Right. And it's not to be taking over a parent role or 
to weird them out or anything like that. Right, right. It comes from a place of genuine. I'm going to, I love you. So I'm going to fight every single day for you. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure you're successful because that's what, when you love somebody, that's what you do. You make mm-hmm. sure they're successful. So that means I'm either going to tell you, do not do this and get onto you. And I may yell at you and I may pull you to the side and I may get onto you and I may embarrass you with, with a purpose in mind. Right. I may do that, but I'm also going to hug on you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to wipe your tears. I'm going to let you know it's going to be okay. Right. Okay. I'm going to cut for you no matter what. Right. Because I love you and you're a part of my program and that's what you need. And and it's funny I say that because people don't realize, you know, the parents that come to the parent meeting, they love their kids. Right. I mean, they're yeah. being involved. I yeah. call for a meeting. Mm-hmm. They're there because mm-hmm. that's what it's supposed like. I'm a parent. I, this is what parents do. Right. Right. So I say that to them, but I'm really preaching to the choir because about 30, 40 percent of my students, they I've never laid eyes on their parent. Mm-hmm. And their parent isn't involved, and their parent just sends them to school. Now I believe every parent gives the gives the best that they have. They've never been taught how to be a parent, or they're just doing what they saw in their own household. But right. some children don't get told they love them, mm-hmm. and so I make it account to say, "Hey, I just want to let y'all know I love y'all. I mean, y'all are awesome kids. Though whoever told you anything different, they're lying. Mm-hmm. You're an awesome person. You're an awesome kid. But that's why I get up every day. It's for these students. I treat each one of the my students as if their names are Simone, London, or Rain. Right. Those are my three daughters' names. Right. And so I look at and when I look at all my students, I look up as if they're one of my three daughters, man. And that's what keeps me going every day. Right. Speaking of kids, do you feel like you will have any more? Do you want to have any more? This is off topic, but let me know. make sure I speak this into the <laughs> mic very clearly. <laughs> Mr. Carter is is not having any more children. <laughs> I impact what? enough I impact enough males <laughs> at my school and in my line of work to where I get all the male stuff you out of father son bonding. Right, right. I do it all. I go yeah. on trips with my with my male <laughs> students. I go to their football games. Yep, I, yep. I show them stuff in the hallway. Um, you'll see me on camera wrestling some kids sometime <laughs> in the hallway, having some fun. Right, I don't need another child. So me and my wife are through. Unless we have an uh oh, that's right, it. Right, right. But we're done for the most part. So yeah. you good? I'm good. All right, all right. Just to <laughs> let you know, you know, if something changes, we're gonna have to hop on another episode. You know, just I'll give like, hey. you if something changes, I'm gonna say, hey, say, right. uh, you remember I said I was through well. Yeah, yeah. That one night. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to episode seven of the Zay's Way podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Hope you took in all the information, soaked it in, so you can tell everybody else that you know. No, but for real, if you enjoyed this episode make sure you tune in next week for the second and final part of deandre carter's interview again make sure you click all the links in the description of this episode and yeah that's all for me this is say with the way see you on the flip tide it's hard when you're the one and everyone in your family constantly says he's the one that's going to make it <laughs>